Hello and welcome everybody to episode 166 of today's News Tonight. This is, of course, the weeknight news show where we're joined by special guests, our lovely patrons, and our amazing YouTube audience to discuss the day's gaming news. I'm your host for today's episode, Ash Paulson, and I'm joined by my good friend and GBG co-founder, Derek Bittner, along with our special guest, superstar video editor, Lewis Illingworth, uh, who's done work for friends of GVG like Ant Dude and Did You Know Gaming? And you can also see his work in the A Hat in Time or trailers and DLC trailers for A Hat in Time. Lewis, how's it going, man? Hi, man. It's going lovely. Great to be here. Uh, thanks for thanks for having me on the show. Been uh, been really wanting to be it's here for a while. It's pleasure. Yeah. But, uh, I'm, I, I'm, awesome. I'm really happy I'm finally here. I was talking about before before, but I've been trying to get you on the show for a while now. It's just having schedules all line up. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, ever since I, I first met you back at PAX, I think it was it PAX 2020 that yeah, I think it was. we first I met, remember... which is crazy because it just feels like, wow, yeah, okay. Lewis, just great guy. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah, I think that was the first time I met you there. We we were just sent out the food court with like Anna and the rest. And then mm. um, I think it was last day we were just walking around the floor. And then uh, and I just started to talk, to talk your ear off about the critically acclaimed MMO, Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> and you wonder, and right, the, everybody right. wonders why I bring it up so much because I was literally surrounded by mm-hmm. so many people talking to me to play. I had <laughs> no, I had uh, friends that aren't online. I had uh, some call me Johnny, kind of getting well talking about it enough, but enough, but in a way that's like you know this looks pretty cool, <laughs> but also being like no, stay away, uh, and <laughs> you're just finding out more and more people that I don't even realize. Like I'm sure there's more people out there that the audience doesn't realize plays 14 and don't know it. It's crazy. Absolutely. Right. But, uh, but yeah, thanks for, thanks again for having me here. Of course. We're excited to be here. So Lewis, I assume you two are also playing 14 then. Absolutely. Are you playing uh, well, when I, right when I can get nice. in, <laughs> when you but, can uh, get in, but of yeah, course. No, we didn't talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I started playing, uh, around like halfway through Stormblood, Uh, and then I played okay. the catch up game. Uh, and then I, I, I was there on day one for Shadowbringers, uh, which was like, like absolutely amazing. <laughs> uh, I knew, I, yeah, I knew a bunch of other people also played here. I, I knew Johnny, I knew Johnny played, but I didn't know he played as much as, as much as he does. That's, that's fuck wild. Oh, mm-hmm. I think he I, says see, a little bit I'm every I day. I play the catch up game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got to play the catch up game. I'm at like level eight in, in the first, you know, the main part, like no expansions or anything yet. Uh, I want to play it. It's just a matter of, of having enough time to play it. But I'm a, I'm a massive Final Fantasy fan. Everyone here who listens to TNT knows I love Final Fantasy. I want to play 14. I just need a little pocket dimension to play it in where time yeah. moves. <laughs> where time does. Time stands yeah. still. <laughs> if if uh, you haven't noticed, I actually have four. Ch- I'm sorry, Ash. I was just pointing out I do have 14 oh, in the background here because Amy was trying to log in because of the sets. So I'm actually on duty here to keep her oh. logged in so she can <laughs> play after I'm done because she's on the final mission of Stormblood. She's going to be wrapping up oh. Stormblood tonight. Oh, wow. Okay. Nice. nice. Cool. So yeah, when, you're, when you're waiting to get into FF14 and you can't get in, Lewis, what else are you playing? <laughs> uh, other than that, I am playing – lately I've been playing Death's Door, uh, which been, oh, okay. uh, it's oh, been absolutely okay. amazing. Because uh, I was uh, – I knew it came out on PC, but, you know, given that I spend most of my time working on a PC – I was trying not to not to sit on it for too long also playing games and then they finally put it out on PS5 and Switch. So I've been playing it on my PS5 and it's it's been a lot of fun. Uh let's see, other than that, I was I'm also playing Pokemon Dime uh Diamond. I'm playing the remakes. Oh. Uh 
Very so, cool. We have a story about that today. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. Yeah, it is. We do. Um, <laughs> before we get too far in, I do. Mm. I, I want to do a couple of shout-outs. We, we also have a couple of Super Chats. But first off, just a couple of birthday shout-outs. First, uh, first off, it is Cornflakes' birthday today. Happy birthday to our beloved GVG community member, Cornflakes. I still love that name. I will always love that name. <laughs> so happy birthday to you, Cornflakes. Glad you can hang out with us on your birthday for an episode of TNT. And happy belated birthday to our another one of our beloved GBG community members, Azran127. Their birthday was yesterday. So happy belated birthday to you, Azran. And uh, I hope both of you have had awesome birthdays and uh, really appreciate you spending time with us you today. You better have and, happy and birthdays. Hell yeah, you better. It's, it's, it's a mandate. You have to have a happy birthday. Be happy, dang it. Um, yeah, exactly. So happy, happy birthday to both of you. Um, now, we do have a couple of super chats. First off is $5 from a nerd's rambling saying, ha-ha, Frontier. Now, I have to do this in Zelda's, or sorry, in Sonic's voice. Ha-ha, Frontiers is coming. Glad my prediction seemed to be accurate for once, lol. Even if Zelda isn't there, I'm hyped for Sonic news. <laughs> I had to say lol is Sonic. No, um, <laughs> it, it sure does seem that way. Uh, and we're going to be talking about a lot of Sonic stuff today in Nerds Ramblings. But thank you for the donation. And yeah, it does seem as though you, uh, this prediction of yours is going to be accurate. So really looking forward to that. Uh, we also have, once my chat catches up, uh, <laughs> we have $5 from RecBCQ um, saying, can we change NFT to stand for nice ferrets tap dancing? You know what? I'm down. That I'm sounds down. good. Yeah, to me. that sounds like that's awesome. way more interesting than more actual fun. NFTs. <laughs> so yeah, thank you, Rec BCQ. And mm -hmm. finally, we have uh, five Australian do uh, dollars from Who Is Bowser Junior's Mom? I love that name. Uh, saying Xbox gives Game Pass members full Halo Infinite campaign. Nintendo shuts down and kills off Super Mario 35. Hope to see Super Mario Odyssey 2 at the Game Awards. Yeah, I the the whole loss of Mario 35 still stings all these months later. I still think about just jumping into a game like I used to, having a great time, and but can't do it anymore. Thanks, mm -hmm. Nintendo. And yeah, would be great to see Odyssey 2 at the Game Awards. And that was actually something we did mention, um, the possibility of a new 3D Mario at the Game Awards in our Game Awards predictions discussion right here on the channel, which if you haven't listened to it, you should. We posted it a few days ago, and we go over everything we might hope, expect to see, at the Game Awards, uh, good times. But uh, with that said, that's all of our Super Chats for now. So shall we go ahead and get on to the news, gentlemen? Sure. I think that'd be great. All right. Well, then let's go ahead and get that first story uh, up on the screen. And of course, it's all coming up Sonic today, baby. We're talking about Sonic. Let's get that story up on screen. <laughs> so... The Sonic Movie Twitter account just posted the first Sonic 2 movie poster, and it's awesome. It's so good. Oh, God, it's so uh, good. <laughs> but they also, it's so good. And they also revealed that the world premiere of the first ever <laughs> Sonic 2 movie trailer is going to drop during the Game Awards tomorrow. And I can't wait. I think we've even, certain internet sleuths have even been able to uh, to ascertain that it's going to be two minutes and 18 seconds in length, I guess. How the heck Which, did they find that hey, out? <laughs> I don't even know, uh, but even cooler, well, just as cool as all this, but perhaps the coolest part of all this is the fact that Tails' voice actress in the games, Colleen O'Shaughnessy, did confirm on her Twitter account that she's going to voice Tails in the movie, too. She didn't get replaced. They kept her. Holy actor. crap. They kept her in, and that's fucking awesome. I'm so happy. 
And uh, yeah, but, but uh, you know, everyone already knows how Derek and I feel about the Sonic 2 mm. movie, all this news. Lewis, you're our esteemed special guest today. What are your thoughts on this, man? So I'm actually really excited for this movie. Uh, I think the Sonic movie was just, I, I, you know, any anytime I see a video game movie, I, I just, I, I've come to expect the worst. Uh, uh-huh. Given the given the initial trailer, it was that was kind of what it was going to be. Uh, and at the end of the day, like the movie kind of still ended up being a bit of that like cookie cutter uh, Hollywood kind of movie. It was just it was just like a buddy cop thing. But mm-hmm. um, uh-huh. but other than that, it was it was still like a lot of fun. Um, it was a very kind of straightforward movie with a lot of cute little knots. Um, I completely forgot that Olive Garden was a thing. Uh, and the movie <laughs> sure reminded me that it was. Yep. <laughs> When you're there, you're family, right? When you're, the there, when you're there, you're there. You're not moving after that endless, the, the endless nope. breadsticks and pasta. Oh my God. <laughs> I miss those yeah. breadsticks. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was still a very fun movie. Um, definitely one of the one of the better video game movies I've seen, even though the bar's not that high. Um, but it definitely, um, it, there definitely seemed that like uh, like there was going to be. Uh, another movie, even though even before mm-hmm. I was seeing like actual like post credit scene where Tail shows up, um, but it was really cool to see that it was it was the original uh, the, it was the original voice actress, and I'm really happy to see that she's going to be reprising her role because I think there w- it was at a point where it was kind of uh, kind of unclear if she was going to be, um, but I think that was just because right. um, that was just because like the standard NDA stuff. I think there's something similar going right. on with uh, the voice of Bayonetta. Where she can't really confirm or deny that she is in Bayonetta three, um, because there there mm-hmm. were people that were saying that she might that it might not be her, and she was kind of hinting that, eh, kind of, sort of, maybe. But um, but I'm really yeah. happy to see that she's gonna be there. Mm. Um, I think she's we um, are too. Yeah, I think so far she's the only um, like original voice that's gonna be in the movie because I know nothing's yeah. gonna be Idris Elba, which I am super down right. for. I can't wait. It's so we, weird. We, we discussed so a story a few weeks ago on the show where Idris Elba actually had to confirm to in an interview that he was not trying to play a sexy Knuckles. He wasn't trying that's, to make Knuckles. That's his voice. not an option, so, Idris. That's, yeah, it's no. not when you're Idris. You Elba, have, you can't you have no choice in the matter. Just, you, you have, have yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, there, there is ahead, so many fun things just in this po- this this poster that we didn't know about uh, going into this one. The big obvious one is the tornado being there. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Did not expect that. That's so great. Two, we have a, a uh, movie robotic version of a buzz bomber in the background. Mm-hmm. That's yep. cool. And that's the, the beast, right? Yeah, the beast. Uh, like the robot beast. Yeah, you have to excuse me. I, mm-hmm. I have. I, I do love me some Sonic, but I have no idea about any of like the. I only know a few uh, <laughs> robot uh, names. Uh-huh. I have no clue. And the other one is the confidence in Sonic himself because Jim Carrey is not that huge. You in the in the that poster, he's in the background. And this, they have him. Right. S- sorry, front and center. Jim Carrey <laughs> is in this movie. Pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> so I I love it. I love everything about this trailer. It, even right down to the sky colors. You got you know Sonic and Tails here are on the poster. Their colors are represented in the logo, and they're even represented in the sky. You got the blue sky on the left, the orange sunset sky on the right. And my favorite part of this, you guys know, I love Tails. He, I, I'm such a big fan of that character. And he looks so good. He looks perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy. 
I, and he looked great at the end of the first Sonic movie as well. He looks, yeah, but he looks immaculate. This, he looks exactly like him. Uh, <laughs> he looks so There was something good. about, um, yeah, there was something about the redesigns that Tyson has did. Um, and, uh, and I think, and I think they ended up doing a wonderful work. I know that they also had to redesign all the other characters, like all the echidnas and tails. So there's right. just some, somewhere out there, uh, there's original designs for, uh, those characters yeah that i'd love to see them uh who knows i do wonder i do wonder and i think somebody mentioned this in our live audience patron chat i apologize that it scrolled past me but um i I would be curious to know what the original version movie version of tales looked like you know in when it was still ass ugly Mm -hmm. and sonic looked horrible i'd be curious to know what tales was going to look like or maybe i'm not curious i say i am but maybe that's something that doesn't ever need to be seen by some more anyone's eyes it's it's more like yeah tales doll (laughs) yeah right but uh, uh, no, this is just such a great, such a great first trailer for Sonic Two, and I'm glad that they didn't lead with Knuckles. Like I, I feel mm-hmm. like having Knuckles on on this first trailer would have maybe upstaged Tails in a way. Where and I do feel like he should be the focus. You know, yeah. he's, in, he's in the logo. Um, yeah, and I mean, you know, Knuckles will definitely you, be in also... the trailer. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm sure mm-hmm. he will. I'm sure he'll be in the trailer. I can't wait. I can't There's... wait. That's going to be already yeah, the most exciting. That is, the, that, that's what I'm there for the TGAs at this point now. Is I I got to see this trailer. I've been wanting to see a trailer for it and Mario, and we're finally like, finally getting this. That's just, that's oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm really happy. Yeah. It's because like you were saying, there was that somebody found out it was like going to be like a two minute and eighteen seconds, which that that just sounds like a like a standard trailer cut to me. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's definitely going to be like a full-on trailer. And I think the movie's slated for, what, April? Yeah, April um, 8th. So I only have four months to promote this. Out. Yeah, that's not far out. It's coming soon. So I think they're definitely going to start ramping up all, all kinds of marketing for the movie. Um, it's going to be fun. I mean, we're probably probably going to see Ben Schwartz show up on stage or something and then show up the movie. Uh, that'd be yeah. cool. Probably him and Jim Carrey. I, yeah, I probably him and Jim yeah, Carrey. And maybe, uh, who's, who's vo- Sonic's current voice? Is it Roger Craig Smith? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe he'll show up too. They might sneak Possibly. him into another I, role. That's true. Well, yeah, and and so we'll, and we'll be talking about more Sonic later on in the show. Yeah. Uh, and, and and that's that story is is about yeah. something that, he, that Roger Craig Smith will be in. Um, but it is just Sonic great to. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Ditto M has. They did confirm that both Jim and um, Ben Schwartz will be there at TGA's. That's what I thought. I, I remember yeah. seeing that on Jeff's uh, tweets. So yeah, they'll both be there. And uh, I just, I, you know, and we haven't talked about Eggman as much in this poster. He's obviously a little bit more in the background this time, but just seeing him, I can't wait for another round. We got of an Eggmobile. Eggman. I'm so excited. No. Yeah. Eggmobile, man. I just, I am so happy and excited for this movie. I can't wait. Uh, and really, I, I'm so particularly happy for Colleen O'Shaughnessy. The fact that she gets to retain her role uh even though you know sonic and knuckles are played by big name actors is just so cool and i really wasn't sure what they were going to do you know when when we heard her at the end of the first movie i was like that's so cool but are they going to replace her And i think everybody was wondering that and they Mm -hmm. didn't so you know what proverbial hats off to sega for not replacing colleen she is tails to me and i just am so happy she's going to reprise her role in this movie, but uh, yeah, and Becca, one of our uh, beloved patrons, Becca, in our live audience chat was asking if we're doing a live reaction, and yes, we're live reacting to the Game Awards tomorrow at 5 p.m. Pacific, 
Um, so certainly look, you know, look out for tweets about that when did the stream's we, gonna start and everything, but we are doing live reactions. Did we become partners? Cause we're gonna, this is gonna be a minefield. <laughs> <laughs> we did, well, we did, yeah, no, I checked in with Steve about that and we did, uh, the, 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 the application form was sent in, so we should be good. But as we learned last year, that might not matter anyway. Yeah. We were an official co-streamer last year and we still got hit with a copyright claim. So it may not matter anyway, but we are uh, gonna be an official co-streamer again this year and uh should be a lot of fun and speaking of steve i did i did mean, uh, mean to mention him at the top of the show but just so everyone knows he's he's doing okay uh he's still dealing with his family situation but it is progressing and uh he should be back and more present on the channel pretty soon i can't give an exact date yet but he, he should be back on the channel back on tnt uh and back in full force pretty soon we're getting closer to that so just so everybody knows he's doing okay he misses everyone but he will be back uh soon so we're all looking forward to that, and of course, because we miss Steve. So absolutely, yeah. So Sonic Two movie tomorrow during the Game Awards. So exciting, and uh, I just could not be happier with the way this is all going with the uh, poster and everything. But with that said, we do have some more news to discuss today, and we also have a few more super chats. First is two dollars from Wapi Mulinga, uh, saying flip <laughs> flip Toei and YouTube flip their ID abuse, which me yeah. Cool. essentially fuck toei and youtube fuck their id abuse and yeah there's a whole thing going on uh with toei and a certain youtuber right now that is who is uh shouted to out in our next super chat here. yeah totally not mark oh, go ahead Derek. i was just going to confirm what it didn't right. but yeah yeah so story story smith with four dollars and 99 cents thank you very much saying want to shout out youtuber totally not mark dude had 150 videos claimed by toei animation who owns dragon ball uh even though the videos fall under fair use and yeah, I, I was uh, I saw all this. I read about all this when it you know going down, and I certainly shout out totally not Mark because that sucks. It's well, that, not directly gaming related news, so it's not one of our stories today. But yeah, but the the, the stupid thing about all of this is that Toei has worked with him on promotion stuff. They, right, which they, is that's, that makes it even more messed ugh. up. It's just so gross. I I hate that for totally not Mark and. I don't know if there's a resolution. I don't know if, if there is a good way that can end or be resolved. But, you know, we're, of course, hoping for the best because that's just so gross. And, yeah, uh, yeah. thank you for the super chats, both of you, Moape and StorySmith. Uh, we also have Sonic uh, $2 from Sonic and Mega Man 531 saying, no, not the bees. Wow. How's that? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, thank you. Very <laughs> Thanks very much, Sonic and Mega Man. I apologize for everybody using headphones. My Sonic voice tends to get pretty loud. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much for the super chat, everybody. Uh, mm -hmm. We really appreciate it. Um, but oh no, we have one more, two dollars, yeah. or a couple more, two dollars yeah. from Blade Blur. Great show, love to see Lewis on the show. Oh wait, it... yeah. No, yeah, great show, love to see Lewis on the show. Yay! Thank you very much, Blade Blur. Sorry, the 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 chat is scrolling so fast. Uh -huh. And then we also have uh, two dollars from Jacob Matza. Uh, will we see a return of the world premiere counter? You know what? That's a good, good I had, idea. Brandon's going to be running that show, so we'll have to Brandon's ask him. going to be running it, so we'll see if he can do it. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, um, you know, he's he's a miracle worker, that guy. Literally, his last <laughs> name being Miracle. So I'm pretty sure we can make something happen, but we'll have to ask him. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, Lewis uh, has a fan uh, in the in the oh, chat with uh, Did You Know Gaming. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hello. Nice. Hi. Oh, I, I miss didn't see. Guys. Hell yeah. Yeah, miss those guys. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> Uh, and then finally, $2 from Black Ninja saying Sonic Frontiers as well at TGA. Up and down, all around. Up and down and all around. Very oh, nice. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, we'll be talking about that later. Uh, don't worry. We, there is more Sonic to talk about, and you just kind of summed it up right there. But that's for later. Right now, we're going to talk about some Pokemon. So let's get that up on screen. 
So, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Uh, lest you, if you had any doubts about the series' continued viability or how people felt about the Gen 4 remakes, well, they feel pretty good about them because they've sold 6 million units globally in just their first week on sale. So all those complaints about the art style, um, Derek, your, your own feelings about how they didn't really deliver for you, apparently that's not translating into sales because these things are selling light, like hotcakes. And um, our good friend uh, Joe Merrick, Serebii, put, put the, this 6 million units figure into some context uh, that we can see on this uh, article from RPG, RPGsite.net. Uh, so just for some comparisons, Sword and Shield did around the same in its first week. Let's Go did around half of that at 3 million. Sun and Moon did 7.2 million in their first two weeks. X and Y did 4, 4 million in two days. And Omega Ruby and Alpha, Alpha Sapphire did three million so clearly brilliant diamond and shining pearl are performing incredibly well even by other pokemon game standards so obviously the pokemon company and nintendo are both very happy and it just it this seems to suggest that regardless of the you know backlash in the fan base to things like the visual style and and safe remakes but they're still going to sell like hotcakes because they're Pokemon. Uh, Lewis, I know you said you've been playing these lately, right? Definitely. I've been playing. Uh, I got Diamond, so I've been playing that on my off time. It's a, Let me tell you, it's mm-hmm. a really great game to play when you're waiting on cues for Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I can imagine. I, yeah. I, I'm curious. Did you play the original uh, Gen yeah, 4? Yeah. Okay. I've, uh, no, I've played every single. I think the only one I haven't played is Black 2 and White 2. Oh man, that's um, I just didn't know. No, that's that's what everyone keeps telling me. <laughs> I just I just can't find it anymore. Um, yeah. But I definitely I played. Uh, other than that, I played every single gen basically. Um, and uh, Diamond and Pearl were definitely ones that I I played a lot, but I think weren't the ones that resonated with me the most. I think that was definitely that was definitely uh, Gold and Silver, and also Black and White for me were definitely ones that resonated with me the most. And mm-hmm. um, but I've been I've been enjoying it a lot. I've, I've been honestly I've been enjoying uh, the Diamond and Pearl remakes. Uh, they definitely I definitely do wish there was more uh, into them. Admittedly, I have not played Platinum, which is another one that I also oh. keep hearing uh, it's really good. Same. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But I know there's some other content that's kind of been translated into there. Uh, like I haven't I haven't been to like the Dimension area yet. Uh, Mm-hmm. I haven't been to like right, right. Like I haven't done a lot of new things for me. Uh, the art style never bothered me. I, I kind of liked. Uh, I would have liked to see more of what they were doing with Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. I really liked the the kind of art style that they mm-hmm. went for that. It still had that um, that feel of a diorama, but it felt a bit more. Um, I guess it would it would kind of meet the expectations as to what people would expect out of a home console Pokemon, and it was the same thing with Sword and Shield. Right. Um, but I've been playing it mostly as a handheld game, and I've and it just hasn't bothered me because I just feel like I'm playing uh, Diamond and Pearl. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's definitely a wish there was definitely more out of it. Um, but I've been definitely trying to get more into like properly training Pokemon in there. I've been uh, I've been trying to get a, a proper team. Uh, I'm definitely getting my Kadabra to eventually be an Alakazam that's just a glass cannon. Uh, I'm definitely trying to get my Torterra, Torterra to just be an absolute unit of a tank. <laughs> Torterra but, uh, is such a good Pokemon. 
Yeah, I love I love that. I love that dude. Um but uh but yeah, I mean I mean it's it's I mean it's Pokemon. It's gonna it's it, it's gonna sell great no matter what. Um yeah. there's definitely um I definitely do wish they they had done way more with it like with the with the Gen 3 remakes those were um like Gen 3 was never like my favorite one but it was definitely good to like revisit uh that generation and the and see what they were doing with the remakes and there was like so much to do there um <clears throat> mm-hmm. right. it was definitely um like especially seeing like all the Delta episode with it and it was something that oh, I God. remember Delta episode was so good <laughs> It was something I remember, like, all all kinds of rumors that were like, yeah, if you go to the space station, you're going to go into space and you're going to fight the Oxus. Or, and I was like the original, like, rumors and all that. Those are always the rumors. And I think that just amounted to just being like a, like a distribution event, and that's it. Um, but they, basically the fact that they took that and they just fleshed, fleshed it out into, like, a full-on story in itself, uh, it was really, really mm-hmm. cool. Um, yeah, I was a fan of Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Gen Three fan in general. I love Gen Three. I know it's mm-hmm. you know it, uh, opinions on it are varied, uh, but I'm a big fan of Gen Three, and I thought the remakes were great. Uh, Gen Four, at least the remakes, I had I just haven't gotten around to them yet. I'm I'm interested in playing them, um, but I I think this just kind of goes to show and and just continues to prove that there is a stark divide between the hardcore Pokemon community and the things they don't like about you know more recent games in the series. And how they sell in the general population. I mean, if you only listen to the hardcore Pokemon fan base, you would you would think that this this series da- going downhill fail. and all that. Doomed it, to fail. Yeah, it, this is yeah. oh, it's 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 all trash. And like, no, to the yeah. layman, this is it, it's kind of like Mario Kart. It's a game you get your kids. It's like yeah, right. and that's and, and that's definitely yeah. something I didn't realize how much I enjoyed. Uh, the more I think like these kind of like collectible games, and there was because cause when Pokemon came out, there was like a huge boom of them, and I didn't realize it until recently. You know, it wasn't only Pokemon; it was uh, it was Metabots, it was Monster Rancher, it was I I, I guess in a sense Yu Gi Oh, uh, but it was like a huge boom of all this. Um, and uh, and now and I definitely got into that a lot. Um, like like I really got into Metabots. Like me and like other three people maybe did. <laughs> uh, I w- I got way into Battle Network because I love the idea of collecting chips and just having those little like making all these characters into personalities. Um, right. So there's definitely like just a market for 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 all that and and you know Pokemon has been proven that time and time again. Mm-hmm. I think that um, I would love to I would absolutely love to see uh, improvements done to them. But I know that the Pokemon Company operates an extremely, <clears throat> an extremely rigid schedule of, I guess, just trying to get a game like a main game out every year, like a, I guess, kind of like a tentpole release, yeah. and then just trying to uh, pivot a lot mm-hmm. of their other marketing towards that. Because um, like, even though, and they're also very risk averse. Yeah, and they're very and, they're very risk averse. Yeah, and even though they don't have, um, you know, even though they're not like making a whole anime. Uh, out of the remakes, there's still like all this other marketing push that they're doing. You know, there's like the cards, and there's like uh, a bunch of other shorts, and and there's just so much more to it. Um, I do think it would be better if yeah. if, uh, if they just tried to kind of uh, leave a little bit more breathing room uh, in between games. Maybe then they'll start getting a little more ambitious, uh, more ambitious ideas. But that's not how the Pokemon Company operates. I'm honestly still kind of shocked that they decided to, rather than give themselves an extra year because of Ilka making the uh, the remakes, to just give that extra time to um, Legends. 
and get yeah. that to be as good as it can right. be. Um, we'll see how that ends up. It's it's crazy to think we have like two months or it's yeah, uh, like, like basically right. right. Yeah, it's yeah. end of January, so. Yeah. It's coming soon, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I think everyone, I think everyone is gonna probably blow it way out of proportion because I think they're oh, yeah. basically just expecting Breath of the Wild, and no, uh, that is not what it's gonna it's be. Not gonna no, be open world. I mean, they, um, it's basically already been generally confirmed that it's not an open world game. Yeah, in that sense. the open world is yeah. more like Monster Hunter. Yeah, I was thinking something right. like that, or I was thinking kind of like zones, kind of like in. Uh, I guess, I guess Final Fantasy kind of like it's like the whole world's kind of just divided into zones. Mm-hmm. Uh, so something like that for sure. But I think I it'll think be... it'll be definitely a uh, a very interesting way to just explore uh, Sinnoh. I always thought Sinnoh was, even though Gen Four didn't really like resonate as much with me, Sinnoh was always like a really cool region. Just mm-hmm. uh, just in what it's based of and what it represents. Um, so I'm very excited to explore Sinnoh in that uh, in that regard, especially how it goes all the way back into the past. So I'm yeah. excited to see yeah. the, There's, there's yeah. a lot of aspects of Legends that I'm very excited for. Like mm-hmm. uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl didn't land for me. That, that said, I don't think they're bad games. I don't think they're bad no. games at all. It's just my own interests. And I, I hope I was cl- well, and, clear and, with that with, with the video I put out. Yeah, and speaking of that video, Moon Knight, uh, Moon Knight Burb slash Dot in our live audience patron chat said, didn't you make a video on, on BDSP boring you? And you did, yeah, and you essentially said it wasn't a bad game, but it just didn't, it just kind of bored you. Yeah. And uh, for, for those who want to hear Derek's complete thoughts on Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, you can find uh, his video on that right here on our channel, which you should totally check out. Thank you for bringing that up, Moon Knight. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's really going to be interesting to see uh, where they go with the remakes from here because we've talked about uh, on this show before the prospect of Gen Five remakes, and that just seems at least they're going to sell because it's Pokemon, and and that's what this story further proves is no matter what it's Pokemon, it's going to sell. But perception wise, I feel like there's no way the Pokemon Company or Ilka or anybody can remake Gen Five and win. You I know what? Like it's be... just a losing. You know what That's the best thing they could possibly do would be? And I don't know if What's they would that? do it, but do a Pokemon Legends type game for Gen 5, but make it Pokemon Black and White 3. Oh, that would be a that, twist. That yeah. would get people excited to return to Unova. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be cool. Man, that, that's an interesting twist. I like that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but exactly what I was talking about, our good friend Rob Arman Xmas in our live audience chat says they're pro- they're going to probably ruin the Gen Five remakes, and I'll be so fucking upset. And I think the majority of people probably feel some version of that, where Gen Five is so beloved and is so you know it's really you know it's it's held in particularly high regard, I would say, among mm-hmm. Pokemon generations. And it just seems like ill will for the Pokemon Company is at an all time high among hardcore Pokemon fans. Yeah. I just don't see any way they can remake them in a way that's going to not upset people. You know? it, it's impossible think, um, at this point. Yeah. I think one yeah. of the things is, I think like the, at least the remakes are definitely having a problem now um, that Final Fantasy VII kind of had where like, um, they were they were constantly trying to remake the game, but every time they did, they're like, we're not going to meet expectations because uh, so like, like uh, present uh, gaming conventions they dictate that the game should be should be way bigger, should have way more of a scope, should have way more of a budget, um, and that was, and that's kind of what they did with uh, with Final Fantasy VII Remake Two, 
to varying right. to to varied success, but um, but I think at a point that that's kind of like what people are expecting out of Pokemon, and I don't I don't know if we're ever gonna see that with um, with Pokemon specifically, and it was kind of easier before because even if you just remaking Gen One or Gen Two or even Gen Three at that point, there was there was very clearly such a high um, like such a stark contrast because all those games were already like you know there were there were two D games and immediately just converting them into a 3d game that was already such a huge step up mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so it would be cool to well, see something yeah. like that uh, but we'll see yeah we will yeah i think in general the takeaway here is you know just to remember that uh the conversation in the hardcore pokemon community never matches up with <laughs> the sales potential of each new game in the series and uh brilliant diamond trust me the pokemon fandom can be exhausting i don't know how joe merrick oh, does it. i know <laughs> I don't either. Even as a casual Pokemon fan, I get some of that. And I'm just like, it's just so, there's so much anger and so much just Mm -hmm. rage uh, at things like the art styles and and Dexit and stuff like that. And and even as a casual fan of the series. And there are literally so many generations of Pokemon fans that nobody can agree what they want. Yeah. Yeah. I think at the Um, the end of the day, what I had, what I had, what I had to end up doing was just uh, trying to meet them at their own terms. Uh, Just like basically being like, at the end of the day, this is what they are. And maybe they're not for me. Um, That's mm. okay. Uh, I can still just try to find some kind of fun in it, Uh, which I found that actually building teams was something I enjoyed way more than I thought uh, I originally Mm -hmm. did. Mm Mm-hmm. Because speaking to that point, Christmas Grantles in our patron chat says, I swear, in 20 years, Gen Alpha kids who are playing Gen 8 right now are going to grow up nostalgic for Gen 8 and then say Gen, I don't fucking know, 17 and anything after that is garbage. It's going to keep on repeating, trust me. And I, I hate to say it, but I agree with that you. That is the Grant. truth. I, I, I think it's just going to keep repeating. Because we're, get, uh, we're getting yeah, that as I, we go I, along. Like There's these kids that the kids that grew up with Gen 6 are like, this is the best one. Gen yeah. 6 was awesome. Yeah. And you know was what? In Moon? I didn't grow up with it, but I uh, that was X and Y. I will defend Gen 6. Yeah, X and Y. <laughs> I am a Gen 6 defender, even though I didn't grow up with it. I actually really like it. I still say but Gen 6 got me. like the best anime. <laughs> oh, yeah. I never uh, saw it, but I heard good things about oh, it. Oh, Gen 6's anime is fantastic. Uh, but we have been talking about Pokemon for a while, and we do have a couple more super chats before we move on. Uh, first is four dollars and ninety nine cents from Cloudy Wondering, which is a new a name I'm not used to. Uh, so welcome, um, thank you for the super chat, and and saying when's the GBG and G Fuel official collab with the Danimals flavor? Just kidding, but would love a GBG <laughs> shaker cup for my chili dogs G Fuel. Oh man! Oh well, dear. Uh, I don't know about all that. Chili dogs G Fuel still. I can't even imagine what that must taste like. Um, but speaking Regret. of GBG Shaker Cups, um, we, we, our, our latest piece of uh, executive producer exclusive merchandise just started shipping out to our patrons. It's a GBG mug. So if that's something you're really interested in, you should definitely check us out over on patreon.com slash GBGaming. Thank you for that little segue there, Cloudy Wondering. But no, and also thank you, of course, for the super chat. Uh, also, RecBCQ with five more dollars saying, saying Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl was exactly what I thought it would be. I thought I'll love it because it's the same game again, but I'll be disappointed because but I'll be disappointed because it's the same game again. And yeah, it's it yeah, it's exactly what you thought it would be. And Derek, it sounds like you kind of agree with a version of that in your video where it just didn't really yeah. go above it, and beyond for you. It, it is a great update. It fixes battle times. It makes HMs less of a hassle. It does all the basic things that every remake does, but it doesn't add that extra element to make it 
feel different. It doesn't have a new um, point of view to make it feel different to uh, to right. explore Sinnoh. And actually, as Rob Arman X points out, and Arman Xmas points out in the uh, patron chat, it has the Link's Awakening problem. And maybe this is just how, if it's one to one. That that's the weird thing for me. I am not a fan of the Link's Awakening remake. I don't know whether it's Link of Link's Awakening itself or you know anything like that. But I am not mm-hmm. a fan of Link's Awakening. It's okay. I understand it, but it's just it's that's such a weird. Are you talking know. about the remake or just the, the the mere concept of Link's Awakening? I don't know yet because I've only played the remake. I've never gone back and played the original. But I have, I wonder if it's just Link's Awakening itself, just for whatever reason, just not doing anything for me. I don't know why. It, it's that's a really interesting case because I am such a huge Link's Awakening fan, and I Thanks. I hold the original in such high regard. But the remake, I agree, it didn't do a lot for me, other than the uh, you know having access to more buttons. So you right. Don't have to constantly There's the basic the stuff that they did to make it modern uh, that works, but yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't yeah. know. I think yeah. um like uh the like the way it just works is like I'm I'm glad that it's there um mm-hmm. because it just it just makes it more accessible to people. Uh, obviously, uh, I definitely prefer uh, Link's Awakening DX. Uh, absolutely, it's it's one of my favorites, Derek. Mm-hmm. So maybe, oh, maybe if you try to give the original ones a chance, specifically Links to Awakening DX, maybe if you give that one a chance, mm-hmm. uh, maybe it'll resonate more with you. Could be. I, I like I said, yeah, I, I don't know so. what it was that didn't resonate with me. Like I I played mm-hmm. it, I beat it, but I just sort of sat there as like this was it. But I also coming back to like this is the fourth Zelda game. There's a lot of Zelda games that come mm-hmm. out since that have improved upon the formula. So I don't know. Um, and as Spicy Pandotter points out, why can't we love both the original and the remake? And that's a fair point. That is I don't perfectly fine. Dislike, in a vacuum, the remake is still a remake of a fantastic game, and I think it should be played. I just personally prefer the original, uh, and that may just be because I grew up with it, nostalgia goggles, all that. But I just I like the soundtrack more in the original. I like mm-hmm. the movement. The performance wasn't great in the remake. Uh, you know, a lot of frame drops. It just didn't quite feel right to me. But mm-hmm. That's neither here nor there. Uh, we do have one more super chat uh, right now from Who is Bowser Jr.'s mom again? Thank you very much. Uh, two Australian dollars saying Chris Pratt versus Jim Carrey. This one's easy. Jim Carrey. Chris Pratt, uh, eh, you know, perfectly fine actor, but some of his leanings and some of what's his, what has come out about. Well, they're lean. both in that way, honestly, Ash. Oh, is, it, is Jim Carrey that way too? I, I don't know. know in the same way, but he has his own quirks, we'll say. I think the main sure. one. Well, I, think true, I, guess. I think he's anti-vax. I can't remember. Oh, is he? Oh, well, that's kind yeah. of gross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, then I guess either it's it's one one. Yeah, it, you can't really win either way when it's actor versus actor. I guess. Sometimes, I mean, but, on the pure acting uh, front, I I'd say Jim Carrey elevates movies. I don't know if Chris Pratt brings that same elevation to the movie that he's in. It's not like this movie's better just because Chris Pratt is in it. So I, that's why I give it to right. Carrey. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I would say it's Jim Carrey. I didn't oh, know Ed Mower says uh, he's not anti vax his ex wife was. Um, uh, he oh. does, or at least did, support Autism Speaks. So, yeah. I think Autism Speaks, though, what, what, weren't they outed as being actually a really problematic. Right, that's right. Uh, they did. Uh, no, yeah, I have a friend like who's for... on the spectrum and, yeah, yeah. did not enjoy. Uh, yeah, like I've heard really bad things about Autism Speaks. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. As a, yeah, it didn't click with me right, of, right away. Uh, and as Helen Hayes points out, uh, Jim Carrey does have the leg up of not being a homophobe. And that's kind of where I was going with this. It's just, for me, Jim Carrey is just the automatic winner here because he doesn't have homophobic leanings. So 
Yep. Yeah, that's the uh, easy question that answer for me, or easy <laughs> answer to that question for me. Uh, but that's all. That's it for the super chats right now. So let's go ahead and move on uh, to our next news story, which has to do with everybody's favorite Smash Brothers director, Sakurai. Smash is over, but he just can't stop talking about it. So let's get uh, that up on screen. Okay, so in a couple of new interviews, uh, one with IGN and another one with The Verge, Sakurai has continued to, t to talk about the future of the Smash series uh, in, in interesting terms. Uh, in the IGN interview, the, the main takeaway here is that Sakurai says it's best not to assume there will always be a new Smash Brothers game, which it, it hurts to think about, but you know it's, it's coming from the man himself. And the exact quote here is, I can't really think about future prospects at the moment. If Nintendo decides they want to make another one and offers me the job, that's when I'd start thinking about it. When you say returning to the series, it makes it sound like there is going to be another Super Smash Brothers title, but currently there are no such plans. It would be best not to assume that there will always be another one. And then he goes further. This was what's really interesting. He says, apart from that, I may not necessarily continue with creating more games as I could potentially go down a different path. As for involvement with the gaming industry, there are various ways to do that. I like to keep an open mind about what I should do and take a look at all the different possibilities. So, hmm. you know, obviously Sakurai is not going to say what we're all thinking. Be like, well, yeah, there will probably eventually be a new Smash game. And I do believe there will be. But he's, you know, kind of laying it bare for us when he's, you know, when he says there's not currently one in development, not that he could tell us what there was, but that we probably shouldn't assume there will always be another one. And even if there is, it may not involve him, which is going to lead to a very different feeling smash. And on that note, uh, with the Verge interview, Sakurai even admits that he's been doing too much of the work himself on Smash. And that going forward, he would like some help and, and have Smash's development uh, centered less around him alone. And uh, regarding that, he says, I've been doing too much of the work on Smash myself, so I'd need to resolve that too. The current Super Smash Brothers has too much of my personality poured into it. In order for a long-time series to, to continue thriving today, we need to think about eliminating the series' dependence on just one person's vision. But of course, this is the way it is now because we weren't successful in splitting the vision between multiple people before. This would be a challenge for the future and something that needs to be discussed with Nintendo if there were to be a next installment in the Smash series. So uh, there's a lot to, to kind of go through here. But Lewis, I want to get your thoughts on this first. How, you know, are you a big Smash player? How are you feeling about the end of Ultimate and the future of the series as in terms of Sakurai's involvement? I think that needs to take a nap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The man deserves a long, long break. There is no doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I think at the end of the day, there's, uh, like he mentioned, I think I think no matter what, every time there's a new console, there's always going to be a Smash just because because it sells, because it mm -hmm. sells so well. Uh, it might right. not involve him anymore. Uh, absolutely. That is definitely a possibility. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> And I think it might be uh, it might be good eventually that it does because, um, like you mentioned, there's there's this there's there's this kind of big um, thing in the games industry where where you know it, all all of it is kind of there's always it always a game always revolves around one man. There's you know there's like um, mm -hmm. kind of like with uh, with Kojima um, and also Sakurai, um, you know Ken right. Levine, like, like all these all these. Um, uh, I guess, I guess, for the lack of a better word, like rock star uh, kind of developers. <laughs> premier directors, so, uh, like, uh, like that yeah, word, kind of like, but, but you know what I mean, like the, like, I guess, yeah, the, the director, like, yeah, the personality of the game, um, yeah. and I think it's also good, not only because, because he mentioned also, I think it would be good to to get more people, because then, um, 
we can also get the their their input. We can get their visions. Because um, that was, I believe, that was an initiative that Nintendo was pursuing at a, at a point where they wanted to get uh, newer and younger developers to 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 making games. Uh, and you know, out of that came out Splatoon, which is now a, a, a humongous uh, franchise for Nintendo. And I think that Smash at a point would probably benefit from that too. Um, it would be cool to see. Um, it would be cool to just see new things, uh, new ways in which the the, the the games are tackled. Um, it, maybe we, we yeah. could see eventually uh, like a more robust uh, online component to it, uh, one that works. That would be nice. <laughs> yeah. um, so that would be nice. Kind of on that note, Sakurai did uh, mention in the IGN interview that uh, he did say, if we try to keep things fresh by shifting to a different genre or greatly changing the direction, then it's no longer a Super Smash Brothers game. So it seems like he's trying to really kind of thread that needle and find the right balance between okay does smash need to evolve and go into some new direction or maybe shouldn't it because if you go too far into a new direction then it's no longer smash like you know we've talked about smash being rebooted as a 3d fighter for example but is that still really smash it's hard to say mm-hmm. and it, and it, he also reiterated in, in the ign interview that a new smash likely wouldn't include all the current fighters in ultimate and uh, uh, noting that running such a game on a hypothetical new system alone would exceed the game's budget. So, as we've talked before quite a bit here on TNT, the the, the future of the, of Smash is in an interesting, precarious position because no matter what, even if Sakurai is involved or not, any roster cuts are going to yeah. piss people off. Something, and that's something's going to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huh? it's just and and so how do you navigate that? Right, it's just such an interesting question. I mean, to me, I think it makes the most sense to, for the most part, the go like if you're doing a bit of a refresh, maybe go back down to the the melee, a melee or brawl size roster, uh, have three or four characters per franchise at most, uh, seriously look at updating movesets, especially for the original eight. Um, and I guess going from there and seeing what they can do with it, bring any new ideas and just sort of, sort of start fresh while keeping in the same genre, just sort of like a, like bring some new gimmick in the same vein as final smashes that add to it, I guess. I don't know. I think what they would benefit right. from is sort of, um, obviously, like you said, if, if we change too much, then is it really smash anymore? But I think that was, that was, a, that was a problem that, um, that was a problem that monster hunter had at a point. And then, um, and then when monster hunter world came out with, which was on tests and purposes, a huge reinvention of what monster hunter was. Uh, and that became a, and that became a huge success. That now it's like basically now it 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 went from one of Capcom's most niche uh, properties to like their best seller now. I think, or at least I think it is um, definitely mm-hmm. up there. But um, if there's if there's some way in which, um, and obviously you know Smash has no problem selling selling anymore. All it mm-hmm. needs to do is uh, all it needs to do is just dangle a sword mm-hmm. in front of us, and then and then that's all that's all that's needed. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think um, I think there's definitely if they keep going like the route which which they went, um, which I don't think they are anymore, which is just having a huge roster. I think they only did it because they were basically trying to make the ultimate uh, the ultimate Smash Brothers game, uh, which which they 100% succeeded. Which they certainly did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they certainly. But did. But I think um, I think if they maybe allocate some of those uh, resources that they have for to trying to get all those characters instead. Uh, allocate them to you know to new modes or or a more robust uh, a more robust online, um, just new ways to play because at the end of the day, Smash is 
uh, Smash is really a party game. Um, mm-hmm. As much as as much as people don't want to hear it, um, oh, I it's love, both. I it's, love, it's just as yeah, much a party yeah. game as it is a fighting game. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I love I love me yeah. my one on ones on Final Destination, but I also I also love throwing a beetle to someone and then just absolutely totally. ruining their day, <laughs> cackling as they fly 100%. off. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, but I think but I think if we can if we can somehow tap more into 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 those kind of things, basically what 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 other things make Smash so fun, and then bring bring uh, bring new blood into it, I think. Um, I think they it can definitely continue progressing without having, say, the scope issue that you know that Pokemon has uh, right now. Because you know, there's only so many times where we can try to cram 900 plus creatures into into the same game. There's only so many times we can cram what is it, 80 characters now in Smash? I lost count already. Uh, yes. 86. Oh my god, Jesus. Jesus Christ. Which is um, wild, and it's yeah. really difficult for me to imagine Smash without Sakurai. Uh, and it's it's I I find it very interesting that he has since revealed that they did try to hand the reins to someone else. They never said who, but that it didn't work out. That he had to kind of step back in into that you know leadership role. So it, it is you know it seems like they tried it and it didn't work out. And it's personally very hard for me to to envision Smash without Sakurai. Mm. That said, that doesn't mean it can't happen. And some I mean, new blood maybe is what the series needs. Sakurai and, you know, left that would free Sakurai up. Sorry, oh, Sakurai left Kirby, and Kirby's doing just fine. In fact, my favorite Kirby games are exactly. ones after he left. So, right there, you go. And uh, you know, and and not returning to Smash would uh, you know free him up to do other stuff. As our good friend Top Dog in the live audience patron chat says, uh, she says, "I just want Sakurai to make a port or sequel of Kid Icarus Uprising. It's such an underrated 3DS game. I love it to death. Yes, please." As much as I want Sakurai to make more Smash in the future, I also want other stuff from him because he is such a singularly talented uh, developer and director and producer. And he has a very unique vision in terms of games. You know, his games, you know when you're playing a Sakurai game. And that shouldn't just be limited to Smash. So it'll be interesting to see what else he can do. Although I hope his talk about not even perhaps not continuing the gaming industry, I hope that's just... I don't know. Not a slip of the tongue. Clearly, he meant to say it, but don't leave gaming Sakurai, please. I do feel like it's a, it's a bit of a Kojima thing, though, right? Where Hideo mm-hmm. Kojima always said, "I'm done. I'm never, you know, I'm done with MGS. I'm never making another Metal Gear Solid game." And then he keeps coming back to it, and mm-hmm. much in much the same way, Sakurai has kept coming back to Smash, even though he said he wants to be doing other things. So, who knows what's actually going to happen? But. Uh, it's going to be interesting, as we've been saying. Smash is in a very interesting position right now, uh, you know, with Ultimate just having wrapped up, and it's really hard to say what the future of the series looks like. But I do think mm-hmm. there will be another one, personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, there'll absolutely be another um, one, no matter what. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, before we move on to our next story, we have $5 from Jacob Tucker saying, I'm sorry, Ash, but hard disagree on Link's Awakening. The Switch version's improvements make the Game Boy version impossible for me to return to. And hey, that's a totally fair take. No apology necessary. And I hear you. Some of those gameplay improvements, they're really good. Like, you don't have to constantly switch into the menu to switch your A and B items over and over again. I get that. That's definitely an, improve- an improvement. But just for me, there are other things that I I prefer about the original that supersede that. Like the music and the movement, the tone, the difficulty was was higher just in general, I prefer the original, but I'm not going to say that anyone who likes the remake more is wrong. You're not. There are great things about the remake. So mm-hmm. thank you for that uh, for that commentary, and thank you for the super chat. 
Uh, next is five dollars from Screamo Shaman saying, "I remember saying one shot would never be on Switch a while ago. Well, jokes on me. So glad such a unique indie game is getting on console. Yeah, when I was researching stories for today, I saw that, and it's not one of our stories, but apparently this is like a really cool game. I've never heard of one shot before today, but I'm curious about it. So, what's that, Derek? I'm looking it up. I've never heard of it. Yeah, no, I haven't either. So I'm." People, enough people are like really excited about this that I feel like maybe I need to check this out. So, yeah, but very cool. And uh, thank you so much for the super chat, Screamo Shaman. Uh, but that's it for now. Uh, we do have a couple more stories. And this next one is uh, it's our second main story of the day. And this is one for whom NFT stands for no fucking thanks. So <laughs> let's, let's get that up on screen. So Ubisoft announced their first nft or their nft platform it's called ubisoft quartz and it is and i quote the first playable nfts designed by the ubisoft strategic innovation lab uh and was announced for ghost recon breakpoint however this was immediately followed by swift and severe backlash uh which caused jeff Keighley to confirm that quartz won't be at the game awards at all and ubisoft actually had to delist quartz's announcement trailer after it got more than 95 percent dislikes on YouTube, which I guess the dislike bar was still working for that video. But um, this is just, NFTs are having a tough time cracking the public gaming consciousness. People really don't want NFTs in gaming, and, and maybe that'll change in the future, but I certainly am part of that crowd. I find the whole thing kind of gross. It's terrible for the environment, and it just seems like, a, it, it, NFTs in general just seem like a, a, a new way to essentially style on people and show off. And I just, it just feels gross to me. But uh, yeah, at the time of the videogameschronicle.com article we're referencing here, uh, the video had gotten over 105,000 views and viewers clicked like or dislike more than 16,000 times in the video with the consensus being overwhelmingly in favor of the latter. Um, at the time of writing, uh, of the engage of the sixteen thousand two hundred seventy engagements, uh, eight only eight hundred and four were likes, while fifteen thousand four hundred sixty six were dislikes. <laughs> so it's not hard to see why Ubisoft decided to delist the video. And um, yeah, this this just pissed off a lot of people. Uh, Lewis, how do you feel about the whole NFT thing? Are, are you kind of like are you kind of grossed out like we are, or are you open to it? How do you feel about it? Did we lose Lewis? He's laughing like crazy, so I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, I'm oh. so sorry. My mic was muted. I'm so oh, okay. Sorry. I think. Oh no. Worries. I think NFTs are fucking dumb. Uh, <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Same. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um. So, so like the, the the, I guess the whole point the whole point of them is that they're trying to just make a a, a unique thing, uh, like a like a like a one of a kind uh, a piece of art that you can't get anywhere else. I know you can trade it if you want to. It's already a thing. It's called commissions. You just yeah. you just get an artist and you just make it and you can you want an artist to 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 draw you hugging Lady D, you can do that. Uh and nobody and and no and that art will not exist anywhere else. You can just do that. Um NFTs not only that, like they have a humongous problem of of being being a, being an uh an absolute disaster for the ecosystem, which Ubisoft was very very aware of because on the on their video they said that they were environmentally friendly and nfts are just not that yeah uh, usually what they, what companies do to try to get around that is that um 
they just they basically try to do a carbon offset, which basically means they pay a very bougie tax uh, to be able to just sell NFTs. And big companies can do that because they can afford to do that. Um, right. Yeah. It's... Now, I think it's a, it's a little bit vague what exactly this is, so I'm just going to explain really quick. And this mm -hmm. also comes from Video Games Chronicle, the, this article. But basically, uh, Ubisoft Quartz is billed by Ubisoft as the first platform for playable and energy-efficient NFTs in AAA games. Uh, launching this week in beta with the PC version of Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon uh, Breakpoint, it will enable players to acquire digits, which are collectible in-game vehicles, weapons, and pieces of equipment. Digits will then be released as part of limited editions, each made up of a fixed number of cosmetic items. And according to Ub Ubisoft, and this just sounds so gross even saying this out loud, digits are a new way to experience cosmetic items, combining the fun of playing with AAA quality assets and the thrill of owning NFTs that represent unique collectible pieces of Ubisoft. The game thrill. Life. But these guys are also like uh, saying uh, the uh, iconic or whatever hat of the guy from, I don't even know his name, from uh, the first Watch Dogs. Like Ubisoft just throws out words, make, hoping they sound good. Yeah. And like um, I saw that I saw the video and I think the only real difference is that they have a serial number to it on the texture. And that's it. I mm. think that's what it is. Um, there's... There's even more variation to the weird monkeys, I guess. But um, I don't know. The whole thing is just, it's just, it's just. I mean, that's that's what it is. It's just a new trend that uh, they they see a way to big, make money. Yeah, it's it's a new trend that big corporates saw uh, that yeah. they want to kind of like with with loot. The same thing with whenever loot crates were like the next big thing. Whenever gotchas were the next big thing, they, they were just like, we're all going to do that now because that's what brings in that's what brings in the money. Uh, mm hmm. Yeah, and, and as um, both Helen Hayatsingo in our live audience chat and Ed Mower in our YouTube chat point out, it's not just about uh, how, you know, ecosystem unfriendly it is. Art theft is also a huge issue with NFTs. Yep. It's both, it's bad for yeah. the environment and, and uh, you know, it, there's a major art theft problem mm -hmm. here. So just overall, this feels like the game industry doing what the game industry is want to do, which is, you know, kind of rush headfirst into any new big, money-making opportunity and that's nfts right now but it really doesn't seem uh as though there's a lot of love for this focus on nfts and yeah i hope i hope people stay vocal about this because every time we hear we've heard recently about a company openly embracing nfts there's been a pretty swift backlash to it including today mm -hmm. and i just this is not where i want the future of gaming to go and it doesn't seem this is where anybody but suits and executives want the future of gaming to go so yep. yeah it's just another buzzword right, really uh, to get oh yeah it's it totally a buzzword from my understanding um it almost died on arrival but i missed i forget what it was but something saved nfts and became just enough of a big thing that it started taking off but they were almost doa and mm -hmm. whoever saved this i hate you <laughs> this yeah, this is the stupidest thing. The fact that they've been just trying to make this a thing for how long? <sighs> it's just depressing. Yeah, yeah. Because guess what? This is why it's hard to get new graphics card. This is why it's hard mm -hmm. for companies to upgrade servers. This is why it's hard for us to get PS fives and whatnot. All because of NFTs. I've been uh, I've been trying to because I told you like it so so. I've been trying to get a new graphics card, not because I want to play games, although that's also a nice bonus, but literally because I need it in order to be able to do my job better. And I yep. cannot find a graphics card. 
because a there's a supply chain which is under, an understandable issue right but b also all the bots and scalpers are trying to get the cards just to just to mint more bitcoin to mint more cryptocurrency to mint more nfts mm-hmm. uh, so it's it's a very big annoyance if there's one bright is it, if there's one bright side about that um about that Ubisoft video coming out is that I found out that there is a way to get the dislike bar. Um, if you go, I think there's some there's some add-ons in uh, in Chrome that let you do that. I don't want oh, to. Oh, like link it, but, Yeah, yeah like there is. I don't want to link at any of them because I'm sure oh, some of them are kind of sus. Okay. Uh, so I don't want to link those. But <laughs> I know that there are there are add-ons that you can add to basically get the dislike bar back. Yes, they are. I've, I've right. heard people okay. talking about that. Okay. I was wondering how that worked. Yeah. Okay. And that's and that's how um, I found out that the dislike bar was so so huge for this for this uh, for this Ubisoft quartz. Uh, our, our our art director Daniel Nighttide Evernight Studio in the YouTube chat says, "Dude, if I could just mass sell commissions, I'd feel like the scum of the earth." <laughs> and yeah, that's that's a that's a good yeah that's a good comparison. And Lucky Cap Gaming says, "Reject NFTs. Return to physical art like the Sistine Chapel. Both don't want you taking pictures, but the cha- but the chapel isn't going to kill the planet." Yeah, it's this whole thing. I just I don't see how NFTs could really ever be presented in a positive light and we saw this happening uh actually recently with g4 as well their g4 which recently relaunched almost immediately got quite a bit of backlash because kevin Pereira was basically caught talking you know uh trying to shill for nfts on attack of the show but they were his own nfts it, it turns out he was like he had a vested interest in them of course this is all so gross man it's just like it's no i don't this is not where I want gaming to go. It's not where gaming should go. <clears throat> well, it's, I, I think it's like uh, somebody described it as the bigger fool fallacy. It's like, you know, oh, somebody is talking up this thing that is worth so much money. You should get it. Think think uh, James's Magikarp in Pokemon. But when he first like, we used to had that one guy uh, selling a Magikarp and James is like, you could uh, sell this Magikarp and make, you know, millions of dollars and I'm giving it to you because I am just that nice a guy for this low, low price. And you can do that. Ugh. And all of a sudden you, you get it, you have it and you realize, Oh crap, it's actually not worth junk. So you need to find a fool just like yourself in order to sell for an even higher price in order to get <laughs> your money back and make a profit. Yeah. And then it just continues of just selling and trying to find the bigger fool. Right. And then they lose out on thousands of dollars uh, for the person who can't find the bigger fool. And it just becomes a desperation thing so right and as uh as helen hayett stingo also points out in her live audience chat and i love this you can spend eighty thousand dollars on one nft or you can get eight hundred eighty dollar commissions of your oc kissing your favorite fictional waifu so yeah well just all the all the waifus Um, at that point (laughs) yeah right um, but I think the perfect way to sum this up is uh, with our, our beloved GBG, GBG community member Top Dog saying NFT equals nice fun Top Dog. I much prefer that Ooh, uh, over like non fungible tokens. So I like it, Top Dog. Uh, all right. Well, that's enough about NFTs. Uh, we do have one more story to cover, but uh, before that, we have another super chat. Uh, Four pounds and forty nine pence from Ryan Bourne saying, "Hearing Soccer, I want to try other stuff. Makes me dream of a Smash Brothers movie slash TV series with him a part of it." Just a pie in the sky dream, though. Dude, I hear you. I've been saying ever since Palutena got revealed with that cool anime trailer that I want a Smash anime. How cool <laughs> could a Smash Brothers anime be? Just that two-minute trailer sh- like is proof positive that a Smash anime would be hype as hell. But 
It's probably never going to ha- Well, no, it's definitely never going to happen. And feel free to remind me that I said this. If I'm ever wrong, I would love to be. But way, uh, yeah, I don't see okay. that. I, I'm not sure if you can hear hear us right now, Lewis, but you might want to drop out and <laughs> jump back in again <laughs> because you're, you're, there we go. Camera got weird. What happened? Hello. Get all glitchy. Go ahead and get on back on camera. But for every reason, his camera got really glitchy. Like, as did one point, missing no uh, showed up. (laughs) That's so weird. Well, fortunately, you're back now. So so all good. Uh, And thank you, Ryan, for the super chat. And like I said, I completely agree. A Smash TV series, movie, anime would be really cool. But uh, not holding my breath. Mm-mm. Uh okay, well we do have one more story to talk about and as I said, this is the be- everything begins and ends with Sonic today. Sonic is the alpha, Sonic is the omega. We're ending with Sonic today. So let's get that up on screen. So we talked earlier in the episode, uh this very episode today about how the Sonic uh movie Sonic 2 movie trailer is going to be at the Game Awards. However, we also have reason to believe that Sonic's next big 3D outing, Sonic Frontiers, is also going to be formally revealed at the Game Awards. And the reason for that is that uh, a web domain for Sonic Frontiers recently popped up just a couple of days ago, ju- just a couple of days in advance of the Game Awards, and trying to access the website, which is, by the way, frontiers.sonicthehedgehog.com. If you try to access it, uh, you get a 403 forbidden error returned, which essentially means that the website's active, but is just not available for public viewing. So you put the two together, come on, Sonic Frontiers is almost certainly going to be at the Game Awards. And um, that's exciting because really all we know of Sonic Frontier so far is that super, super short uh, teaser trailer that we got at the end of the Sonic Central presentation several months ago. Um, And even back then we were thinking we were going to get the the formal reveal of Sonic's next big 3D game. Well, we didn't. We just got a super brief teaser trailer and we've been left wondering ever since what the hell this game is. There have been some uh, leaks that have come through via 4chan and Reddit that have given us some idea of what we can expect from Frontiers, but nothing official. And it sounds like we're going to see Frontiers officially revealed at the Game Awards. Um, I think we're all pretty excited to see where this is going. But, uh, Lewis, how are you feeling about Frontiers based on what you've heard so far, man? Uh, well, so, so I was trying to get to, to keep up with it. All I know is that there was the website, like you mentioned, and um, I'm assuming mm-hmm. it's the same game that was revealed at... Um... Was it South by Southwest back in May? Uh, I think it was just a random uh, was a Sonic, Sonic Direct, Central. Sonic Central. Yeah, it was like a Sonic Direct yeah, on Sonic, Sonic Central. Central. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think yeah. people were kind of calling it Sonic Zap because the whatever logo they showed at the end, it kind of looked like it said Zap. So I'm assuming it's the same game. Maybe they just I think so. Yeah, named it. Yeah, that um, and Sonic Rangers. That was the working title. Was Sonic Rangers was back when this was first revealed? And I think for a while people were assuming that was going to be the final title. Until more recently, this uh, Sonic Frontiers name, which is a better title, up. and that's yeah, way better title. Um, but but some of what we've heard from those uh, 4chan, I think it was either 4chan or Reddit, but uh, they came. The leaks came from uh, playtesting sessions, like early playtesting sessions that. Uh, ended up being proved to be legit as far as i recall and uh one of the biggest things is that apparently is going to be open world or at least open world ish which could be very interesting because you know i mean obviously sonic team would have to stick the landing and there's some doubt whether they can do that (laughs) but i think open world environments when i i think sonic like in terms of being like giving sonic the the space and the freedom to actually utilize that speed that's really exciting. So depending on how this turns out, open world or open world ish Sonic could be really cool. 
I've seen. I think it would be cool. A good for Lewis, yeah. Uh, oh, I was gonna say. I think the the closest I could ever compare it to is something like, um, like you, you know, whenever whenever we see those kind of like uh, like the fan games, there's like your, uh, there's like your unleashed hack. There's your, uh, I think it was Sonic Roboblast. Um, yeah, I always hear good things uh-huh. about yeah. those. I've never played any of them, but I've worked on enough videos regarding uh, those games that I have a very good idea of how they work. Uh-huh. Um, I think there's a lot of potential for that. Uh, I guess it depends on on. Uh, on on the way that the game progresses um i think just having a big a big open world where like you could just run and do any kind of six stunts uh i get mm-hmm. my knowledge of 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 uh of this game is like little to none well that's basically uh, but, everybody right, that would not be point. the case to yeah bas- that that will not be the case tomorrow uh hopefully so uh um, right yeah hopefully but uh uh i'm excited to see what it is uh i, di- I didn't play sonic forces and apparently i didn't miss out Nope. Uh, I'm not... You didn't. You yeah. did not at all. <laughs> um, it was just. It wasn't cool. the worst thing ever. It was just so bland. It was just. It was just there. It was just poor. It was poor, mm-hmm. and it was just forgettable. It wasn't like the worst thing ever, but it was just like meh, right? It was the definition of just meh. And yeah. it took four years to come out. Three of those years were spent working on the game engine. Only one of those years was spent making the actual game, and you can tell. But it's still, after waiting four years for Sonic Forces, it was a massive disappointment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I like uh, Lewis. I have seen a few uh, fan games, and I've I've tried out a few. Uh, they put Sonic in a more open world environment, uh, allowing you to run around, have that space. And it feels good. It feels really good to have Sonic in that uh, kind of thing. But they all kept it very basic, Green Hillish, mm-hmm. and never getting too complex. And I'm not sure if it's uh, having an open world solves a problem for a Sonic team or makes it more difficult for them. Because, you know, when you're making a Sonic game, uh, like Generations, for example, and having the boost formula, you have the assets flying by at you know, yeah. who's going to be able to sit back and process them unless they're intentionally going slow. Uh, mm-hmm. Adventure, not quite as uh, much of an issue with that because you're not going as fast, but you're still going past all of these things very quickly. And by having it more open world, uh, it allows you to, I guess, enjoy those assets for a lot longer. Um, I don't know. It's it, it, There's potential in the idea especially if they make it more like a, a playground sandbox, whatever, and just, you know, you know, use different abilities or different characters in order to reach different places and, you know, explore and make it kind of worth your while to check out every nook and cranny of this world. Um, I don't know. I, I like most things, Sonic, there's a lot of potential, but we have no idea if it's going to stick to landing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, as uh, as Lizard eighty one two eighty eight and our YouTube chat points out that they say they remember the leaker said it wasn't it was not fun to play, but then as Watcher TL also points out, and uh, updated leaks say that it, the Frontiers is in a much better place already. So it does seem as though it's it's you know had a bit of struggling in development in terms of getting it to a place where people are happy with it. But it, you know it has been quite a while since Forces. I, I want to believe that because they're taking their time that they could get this right. And and here's the thing, like I've said this before, but I'm not against Sonic Team continuing to do new 3D Sonic games. Sometimes they they nail it, like with Sonic Generations, Sonic Colors. Sometimes they really kill it. And they've proven before that they have what it takes to make a great 3D Sonic game. But then sometimes we get 
forces and lost world and they then then they make us doubt whether they ever really could make a good 3d sonic game so we just lost we world is okay i will defend lost world to a degree i like the first half of lost world i think the, the, the game design takes a total dump like in the second half of the game but the first like three worlds are really fun i agree mm-hmm. i gotta and... say that kind of checks out because that's as much sonic lost world i played i only played half of it and i was like this is fun and then i think i just somehow dropped yeah. out so, Once you get to the snow, like the snow ice area, that's when it kind of starts to fall apart a bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, but everything up to that, I actually think is pretty fun. And let's just hope that this is, you know, that this is an example of good firing an all cylinder Sonic team, and not an example of what the hell happened with Forces Sonic team. because it really <laughs> right. could go that way. And yeah. because it doesn't seem as you know, Sonic team, it doesn't seem as though they're interested in giving us what everybody wants, which is a continuation of Mania. And it doesn't like it seems like that's unfortunately not going to happen anymore. Who knows? But if that's off the table, then let's just hope Sonic Frontiers delivers because I really want it to. And Sonic Team has shown they can do it, just not consistently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see what happens. But uh, speaking of Lost World, we have another uh, super chat from Ryan Bourne. Uh, Four pounds and forty nine pence. Thank you so much saying i mean sonic lost world had a semi-open world zelda uh zelda so whatever they show i'm curious to see it in action ryan i always forget about that i forget that the zelda crossover the, was zelda good because... short but good i, I completely it was. forgot no it was cool i remember it. liking it yeah i totally forgot about it but I, I i too enjoyed it so you know that's at least some sort of proof that sonic maybe can work in an open world context and i just really hope they nail this please sonic team don't screw this up please <laughs> Um, next is Mr. L with uh, two pounds. Thank you so much. Saying so happy Colleen is still Tails' as voice actor in the film. Hell yeah. We were just talking about that at the beginning of the episode. We're all so happy about that. That that could not have turned out in a better way. I think we were all a little bit concerned that she'd be replaced. And she wasn't. So, hell yeah. Um, that does almost bring us to the end of today's episode. But there is one thing that I forgot to mention at the top of the show. We did talk about last episode that uh nickelodeon all-star brawl were about to real reveal their next or their first dlc character and that has since been revealed it's garfield like it's we thought garfield. i was hoping yep. for shredder but it's garfield but this basically um, confirms shredder so whatever exactly so shredder is probably coming next sorry Ash, i keep forgetting you like tmnt as much as i do so <laughs> oh, dude, are you a fellow tmnt fan you know it Ooh. oh hell yeah tonight we're dining on turtle soup man Oh, man. Um, no, that's awesome. I, and I can't wait to see how Shredder looks and plays in this game. That's going to be just wild to see. Um, but yeah, did, did you guys get a chance to see like Garfield's moveset or the trailer showing him off or anything? I, I saw the trailer. It, I mean, it looks like Garfield, so good on them. It does. <laughs> it's Garfield. It's weird it's because the trait, like half of the, it's only a minute long, but half of the trailer is just going through characters who are in the base roster I know. and then the last like 30 seconds is and now introducing garfield that's such a weird approach to it everything regarding nick all-star brawls marketing has been really weird so i guess my main thing about it know, is but... that i had i had no clue that um i guess i, I don't know like d- does viacom own, own garfield in any shape or form i know uh, all the 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 I new don't... garfield show that, that the 3d one is um on nickelodeon exclusively so i think that's how Oh, Rob, our man X uh, points out Viacom bought Garfield in 2019, so they that go. checks out. There okay, you go. yeah, oh, that okay. that okay. that checks out. It was the same thing when they bought uh, when they bought TMNT as well, I believe. Right. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, Spice Granddaughter says, someone has to shred the cheese for the lasagna. And then Goran Andrew follows that up by saying, Shredder will be confirmed in the evening as he, as he dines on turtle soup. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, what, you know, Garfield's whatever to me. He's fine. I don't dislike him, but it's all about Shredder for me. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, for those of you who are excited about Garfield, though, uh, he is available on PlayStation, Xbox, and Steam tomorrow with uh, the Switch version coming later this month. For some reason, both Garfield and the new alt costumes have been delayed on Switch. I'm not sure why, but yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> uh, and finally, Cornflake says, sorry I'm late, but it's my birthday, and I didn't know you had, you weren't here earlier, Cornflake, so I wanted to make sure you know that we gave you a birthday shout-out at the beginning of the episode alongside Azran127, but since you're here now, happy birthday again. Happy birthday. birthday, happy birthday. Hope you're having a great time. Yeah. With that said, we are now at the end of episode 166 of today's news tonight. But before we head out, Lewis, please tell our amazing audience where they can find you on the internet, man. Hi, everybody. So I'm a video editor. So I work with, uh, you can see my work uh, in Ant Dude's channel. You can see my work, uh, you can see all my past work on Digital Gaming. Uh, but you can also find me, uh, you can find me on Twitter at hey, at hey Ragio. That is H-E-Y-R-A-G-U-Y-O. Uh, you can also find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Ragio. I'm going to be starting uh, to stream there soon now that I have more time to just be able to have fun. Uh, so, uh, nice. but yeah, but uh, be sure to uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter. Be sure to check out uh, all my great work. And uh, I want to thank uh, I want to thank Ash and Derek for having me on the show. Of course. I wanted to be here for a while, so I'm very happy I was able to. Uh, so, yeah, dude, it's our pleasure. And actually, that reminds me. I, I meant to ask you earlier, but I, I, tell me about the origin of Ragio. Like, because I'm thinking of two things that Ragio reminds me of, mm -hmm. but I'm pretty sure it's neither of those things. So I'm curious <laughs> so, where you got that name from. So, 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 so the way about it, so the name started when A Link Between Worlds came out, because because uh, then oh. uh, Ravio was in there, oh. and I thought he was the coolest right. thing in the world. And I tried looking up, and I and I wanted to like um, try to make kind of a name out of that. And I tried looking up. I think it was his Japanese name. And I thought Ragio was his Japanese name. Turns out it is not. So it is actually more of a typo name. And I was like, well, I guess I'm just gonna own it now. So, oh, that's, so that's basically where it came. Uh, that's basically where it came from. More original that way, I okay. suppose. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, that's great. And and I was right then. Not neither of, of the things I was thinking had anything to do with it. I was thinking <laughs> of the character Ragio from uh, Kill a Kill, which is spelled differently. And oh, I was also thinking of the villain from the eight bit Ninja Gaiden games, Jacio. And it just reminded me of those two <laughs> things. But I knew it couldn't be either one. So I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you cleared that up for me. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, no, you're good, man. But uh, yeah. Dude, thank you. Thank you for being on the show. It's been yeah, a pleasure having you here, and we would love to have you back anytime. Of course, absolutely. Just let me know. Well, as always, thank you. Oh, absolutely, man. And oh, uh, we'll definitely all, have you we back. Have to thank all of you. Oh, definitely. And uh, we have to thank everyone in both our YouTube and Patreon audi audiences for watching the show, for hanging out with us three times a week. We love doing this with you. Uh, so thank you so much for being here and making this such a great experience for us. Uh, with that said, we do have to give a special thanks to our uh, our patrons at the producer tier and above for helping to make today's news tonight happen, because without your support, it would not be happening. And as I said, we love doing this show with you. So thank you so, so much from the bottom of our hearts. But uh, as always, we do have to give a special thank you, an extra special thank you to all of our patrons at the executive producer tier and above. And those fine, wonderful, amazing, spectacular folks include Brandon Bovia. Rob Arman X, Fangs, Dan and Twistle, Z Patty, Hyrule Hermit, 
Sky Blue Flames, Eastman 23, Adam O'Sullivan, Octopuppet, Richard Herrera, Michael Phone, The D-Pad, Vesmio, Waffle King, Ronsky113, Critter XD, Kitty Kong Fax, Angel Martinez, Vedran Hotik, Joshua Hunter, Benny Yao, Azran127, happy belated birthday again, Black King, Pagrima, Geller, Joseph Rutkin, Titus Malvolio, Geeky Griffin, Lucky Wonderfish, Kyle, Top Dog 23100, Young Ben Kenobi, Doug Shomix, Andrew Medeiros, RMM, Becca, Rocks the Cat, Killamox, Eddie B, Kai Ed, Kit Fisto, Kenneth Lee Stingle, Jessica Toad, Deaneth, Kota, Sci-Fi Lullabies, Michael McCaw, Matthew Wong, Goron Amber, Straight Lace, Justin Matthews, Hoobie, Too Much Spaghetti, Mega Conrad, Askeron 809, Ryaner, Ditto M, Captain Finlandia, 60 Minutes in 60 Seconds, Nathan Steele, Spicy Pandotter, The Game Orb, Dano the Artist, Super Gamer Dude 101, Grantles, Ravelox, Synchro Lord, Rosa Pardo Bowling, I Steve's Mom, Kotar Peck, Scuff196, Kane Woolley, Skull Kid Tiger, Darksteel01, Jason Uloa, Jaden Buck, Phantom Project, Cystic Warrior29, DJ Jurassic, Super Dank Awesome Unicorn Guy, Dinner Sonic, Darik, Jeff Ed, Stagnasty, Mumbling Yeti, Cameron Sharp, Screamo Shaman, Mason Riley, Keel, Santi the Person, Brendan Hesse, Hustlebun, Noah Fitterer, Rizmon, Calvin Atkinson, Hinaru77, Brooke Obscura, and last but certainly not least, our newest EP, Tarvold. Thank you all so much. I love so, reading out that list. Sorry, Every Tarvold. Week. I sorry. did not realize that you were in there. I do not on the list, but we will get you there next time. Apologies for that. We will get you on, uh, yeah, you will be on the credit scroll for Friday. Sorry about that, Tarvold, but uh, yes. Thank you so much. And if you're curious to find out more about how you can get on this list or explore the various other perks we offer our patrons at every tier, head on over to patreon.com slash gvgaming, where we offer a variety of tiers that you can support us at, starting at just $1 a month, which gets you into our Discord community, which is the best damn community on the internet, bar none. I promise it's amazing. We have the kindest, most wonderful people in our Discord community. Um, And if you join us at the live audience tier, which is $5 a month, Uh, Not only can you interact with us and our special guests during each episode of TNT and our reaction streams, but you can uh, hang out with us for the TNT post-show, which we're about to go to right now. And as a reminder, when we hit 75,000 subs right here on YouTube, we're giving away a free Switch OLED. It is sitting pretty in Steve's room right now. He's just waiting to to ship it out to one lucky winner. So literally, all you got to do is be subscribed when we hit 75K. And you might win a Switch OLED. Pretty good deal, I think. But either way, that's it from us today. Thank you so much for watching, and we will see you on Friday for episode 167 of today's news tonight. Until then, everybody, good night and good vibes. Bye. Bye. Good night, everybody.